What up, though, and welcome. You are listening to the Match Mat Podcast, the show with the questions that engage, guests that entertain, and moments you couldn't dare forget. Please rate, subscribe, favorite, review, and or share via our platforms of Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And follow on Twitter and Instagram at matchmat underscore. That's M-A-T-C-H-M-A-T-T underscore. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Match Mad Podcast. I'm your homie. I'm your plug. You know I got extra love. And we're here today. It's not 420, but it's damn sure it's close, my baby. And so today we got some amazing guests, some spectacular guests, some people who are hilarious. We've been talking for like an hour because we've been trying to get this shit together. But it's been great. So to my left, we have the amazing, the funny, the charismatic D'Lo Brown. What a time. Oh, yes. What a time. time. Yes. Hey, everybody. Yes, let them know. Hey. To my right, we have Shiny today. Hi, you guys. (laughs) So what's going on with y'all? Tell me about y'all day. Um, I went to work, and it was work, and then I was listening to, like, Jungle Pussy and Cardi B and getting high, and then I came here. So it was great. You just got a leg up on the whole competition because I just <laughs> ate this edible and I just I just going. So I feel like I probably should have like maybe smoked another one and maybe reach in ten life. minutes, ten fifteen. Ten fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know, we've um we've recently um, consumed um, some baked goods <laughs> of sorts. Um, some edibles of sorts. <laughs> Not edibles. Or old people call them eatables. 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 Oh, eatables. Yeah, y'all got some eatables. I am feeling well and swell. Um, I had a good day now that I'm here. Um, I went to work for like maybe four or five hours. That's pretty much over my max time, which is usually like two hours. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I went and now I'm here. I didn't ate an edible. What you call it? An edible? <laughs> edible? <laughs> An edible? An edible? <laughs> And I think it's slowly kicking in, so that's creep. how I'm feeling. Yeah, it's going to creep. It's that's how I'm feeling, up. yes. You know, so recently you had a show. Yeah. about the show. Oh, man, it was amazing. Um, I had a show this past Friday the 13th. It was called Who is D'Lo Brown? And, um, I mean, it was amazing. It was an intimate show. I had about 100 people there. And a um, hundred people's intimate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, for me, you know, it was intimate. Um, slightly, but um, <laughs> you know, it's beautiful because you can really see the growth and the development of my craft and all the hours and performances that I have been putting in to lead up to that moment. They showed, so I'm really proud of myself, and I'm so happy to have a team that has held me down from the get go. So. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Yes. I'm glad it's been going amazing. Thank you. you. So, Shani, you do poetry and you also have your own podcast. So, tell us yes. That. Yes, my podcast is called Mind Fucked, and it's pretty much about debunking all of our toxic thinking and learning information along the way. And uh, we have different guests on there. We talk about different issues. So far, we've covered our own toxic thinking, um, the self-care for your soul, HIV prevention, uh, hip-hop. Uh, journalism with Rob Markman, which super dope that we even got Rob Markman on the show. Like, this nigga's been verified even before Twitter was a thing. So for him to even, you know, take that chance and we're only in our fifth episode with us is awesome. So shout out to my team, Snaz and Paris. They hold me down so much with the project and 
we're gonna keep it going keep elevating that's dope one day i'll have oprah <clears throat> hey, hey okay speaking into hey. existence you know what I'm saying? I'll tell people I'm going to be the ghetto Martha Stewart. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Martha Stewart real hood or something. <laughs> like, you think she went to jail for tax evasion, but she was really carrying the fire. <laughs> I can't. Like, I cannot. Like, it's my, my real son, Martez. Wow. <laughs> between me and Rick Ross. I could, no, between her and Snoop. I could see them having yes. a love child. Mm-hmm. A nice, cute little love child. They mm-hmm. did it while they was high. While they was blowed mm-hmm. after a good meal. Oh, yeah, that's You bad. know, rolled up the backwoods. Mm-hmm. Went behind stage. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, but she was, Rick Ross was in love with her on a show. That oh, I remember. Show. Okay, yes. Yes. She yes. Was, they was just flirting so wow. much. Like, I think she likes black dick. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. She loves black dick. <laughs> Um, all white women that cook, yeah, like hearty meals, yeah, like they like black dick. Yeah, because they like chicken, bro. When a nigga, nigga, nigga nut on you, that shit gonna be heavy. You know what I'm saying? So you got to put that heavy shit up on that. I might be, <laughs> I might be a little high for that. I don't know about that one. Don't nut on me and it's chicken broth. <laughs> Cause that's gonna the consistency is gonna I'm scare going, me. I'm, going to I'm nervous. I'm You're, going if to you nut on me, and it's chicken broth. Chicken broth, baby. It's an issue. Broth. Period. Greens, white, your black eyed peas. No, it sounds like it would make me turn green. No, I'm out of here. Don't nut on me if you got chicken broth dick. No. If you have chicken broth dick, keep it away. This conversation not about to be chicken broth. Bye, vegetarian. So, so okay, so that cuts it right there. See, Boom. I don't know how you do that because I need I need to eat something that have fear in it before it dies. Like I I'm, I believe in that. Well, this earth wow. is a shitty place, so I'm sure the plants aren't very happy. <laughs> so <laughs> at least you admitted it. And yeah. A lot of people won't, especially men. Anyways, um, sorry about that. <clears throat> men are trash. Sorry, men are disgustingly are trash. No, <laughs> not even, not even, not even, not even so close. You feel, like, you feel like if you like were completely destroyed, and <laughs> you could get a second chance. You could be completely destroyed. Trash. Just like a man to try to try to reinvent himself. I'm out of here. Yes, I'm always reinventing myself. You want to know why? Why? You want to know why? Because not my. Why? That matters. Whatever, okay. Mr. Chicken Broth. <laughs> I'm over it. That's that free range. But you guys mentioned something that was very important. You guys shouted out your team. Yeah. And so I want to shout out my team as well. I want mm-hmm. to shout out Knowledge, who's engineering. And I yes. want to shout out, you know, Khalil here. Yes. You know, who does photography all the time. And videography yes. from time to time. So as you guys have gotten more into your craft, mm-hmm. um, how did you go about picking your team? <sighs> You want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> okay. My team, like, I do a lot of, like, I do almost everything by myself, but I have, like, my friends, it's like they, they did it. It's like they did it. And because of that, I started trusting them with more things mm-hmm. because I saw that they were just as invested in what I'm trying to do for myself as... I am with me. So that's how I chose my team. Like, it's nobody. Like, last year I had a different manager, and this year my boyfriend's my manager. And it's crazy to me, like, that my boyfriend, he was sitting and kicking with me, like, you know what, I really believe in you, and you give me a chance, and now I'm booked at St. Andrews. And he did that, you know? So, like, with my friends, like, 
Paris is my friend. Jasmine is my friend. Well, Snaz is my friend. Like, and I picked them because of conversations we were just always having at home and like at my house. And my team has really just been created in, by them. They created my team by letting me know I could trust them. How did you go about creating your team? Well, that's an amazing story. And shout out to your friends. Um, for me, it's been a process. It hasn't been that easy. Um, people would never really know what goes on behind the scenes. You know, behind the scenes with me. Um, I try not to really put out too much of my business business. But um, my team has not been the same. This The current team I have is not the team that I started out with. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but it happens. And, you know, you kind of have to weed out who's really there for you, who's genuine with it, who has the same goal as you. And if they don't, they have to go. And that's something that I've had to go through. I had to eliminate people. Um, I've had to cut relationships because, you know, they were beginning to stunt my growth and they didn't have the same vision that I did. And also people lack consistency. People want to say they can do X, Y, and Z, and they can't. They can't deliver, and I don't have time for that. I'm a businesswoman first, comedian second. And, um, you know, I needed people that were consistent, and the team that I have now, they've been with me roughly since, like, September and October, and they've been consistent. I don't have to ask them anything twice. Um, I don't believe in hiring my friends. I tried that. It was an epic fail. So I hire people that, you know, I see their work ethic. I know of them. I've been able to at least hold some type of solid conversation with them and feel their energy and feel that I can trust them. And, you know, once that happened, I contracted them. I put every, I put everyone on payroll. Okay? Mm-hmm. Anybody will tell you I am a boss. I put you on yes. payroll. Okay? So, because I don't have time for games. So, that's kind of how I've had to develop my team. I've had to weed out people, and um, but I've been able to hire some people that are just phenomenal and that are there for me and there for my craft and my business. So, so you mentioned um, you mentioned about you had to cut some people out and weed the people out because they weren't consistent or yeah. they weren't reliable people that right. you could trust. And so... They seem like they, they interweave into personal relationships. Yeah. So was that the hardest part of dealing with that, was kind of splitting goals? Yes, because it was like a shocker to me. It's like you were my friend first, my friend of many years, and then it took for me to become a comedian and throwing events for me to find out the real you and that you didn't have my back and that you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And there was money involved. And once money is involved, I'm a completely different beast. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, don't play with me. Mm. All right? So, yeah, I had to weed out those. You know what I'm saying? I don't have time. I don't need yes men around me. I don't got a time for people who I got a second guess. Goodbye. So, yeah. Okay, definitely. I can mm-hmm. definitely understand that. Because, uh, especially was, money. Yeah, okay. Especially okay. Money. <laughs> I was watching uh, something recently, and it was a snippet from an interview. And um, Issa Rae was talking about networking across. Yep, the yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, when she was talking about, you know, some of these people were just people who were my friends, yeah. my family who I can rely on and trust yeah. um, to reach to them. Because that's why you would see so many mm-hmm. people yeah. in that same range. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't have, like, oh, this person put me on, put me yeah. on. Like, we put each other on and we stay mm-hmm. consistent. That's why yeah. you would see, I don't know if you ever seen the, Car- you guys watch the Carmichael show? If you guys watched Here and there. Yeah. yeah, you see the Carmichael show, you see, like, little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all of them. Yeah, people absolutely. Really connecting with absolutely each other on, and then you see they do the same thing. They get out. They yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And films. So that's very necessary, and so I could definitely say, um, noticing I'm like reaching across. Mm-hmm. That's, 
it's kind of difficult because everybody says they do something. Like you said mm-hmm. earlier. Like, All the time. Every, every, everyone is consistent. Nobody's nah. consistent. Nah. Well, not nobody, but like a lot of people you'll find out just aren't. There are certain, like I have some friends that I can work with and mm-hmm. I have some friends, it doesn't matter how many times they ask. Yeah, hell Just no. because I'm not, I'm not even going to waste my energy for something that's either going to be half-assed Period. or you're going to quit halfway. Period. You know, like, Anytime you got an idea, I'm going to listen to you. And if you want to do anything, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I always want to love you. So let's get this contract. Because I... That, and when you say that word, things yeah. change. Things change. <laughs> things change. You get to decide. Things change, okay? Me and my nigga have mm-hmm. a contract, sis. Okay. It's and deep. We, we sleep in the same bed. It's deep. Like, you not, <laughs> no one is going to pass through without yeah. something signed because that keeps all that bullshit away. Mm-hmm. And have time, we'll renegotiate this contract on this date. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I can't do that with anybody. Like, if we don't have a contract, we don't work. Yeah. Mom, dad, I could, I literally suck my man's dick and I will not do shit without a contract. Like, everyone gets one. Okay. We gonna get. We gonna get this okay. money. Okay. We gonna Suck get this on money. my walls. Listen, <laughs> like listen. And you know, I want to speak on the working across thing. You know, when I said I don't really hire in my friends, I don't want anyone to think that I don't work across. See. Mm-hmm. I seek out people who are coming up just like me. Because I'm coming up. I, I don't know it all. I'm not the best comedian in the world. In my eyes, I'm still an amateur. So I'm looking for people who are coming up and trying to build their business. I want those people because they're hungry, just like mm-hmm. me. But if you out here thinking your shit don't stink because you probably done been in this for four years and you think you this and that, I got time for you. Mm-hmm. I don't. I want somebody who's on my level, who's ready to work, and who's eager, and who's eager to come up with me. Mm-hmm. So when she said, when Issa said, work across, I felt that. Like, yeah. for real, for real. And D-Lo hooked me up with something. That's working across hey. right there. She hooked me up with some patient. <laughs> like, and that's real. You yep. have to. You have to. You have to. We got to be. You understand that. Like, as someone, because I know, you know, Khalil who's taking photos right now. I mean, the videography, I know recently, he, I did an interview for a job, and so they told me on opening day to go around and ask people questions, mm-hmm. and it, it was cold, you know what I'm saying, so I know Khalil came out with me, and he helped me, you know, shoot and stuff, helped me out with questions and shit, mm-hmm. and that was something that I really, like, I don't know if I always tell you I appreciate that, dog, but I really appreciate that, but it was something that I really appreciated, because people take their time, because they have their own mm-hmm. things that they're working on, they have their own personal goals, so how do you make your personal their personal goals and your personal goals align do you separate into like a group purpose or do you believe that through this group purpose we will each reach our personal goals i think through this group purpose we each will be able to flourish you know everyone in my group isn't a comedian but whatever they whatever role they play they're going to excel at that through doing the work with me. You know what I'm saying? So we're all in this together, but we're all going to end up going our separate ways and flourishing because we were able to work together. And, you know, teamwork makes any dream work. So it may just be their personal dream that works from that teamwork. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like even with the podcast, like the three of us are very different. Snaz raps, mm-hmm. I write, Paris is a dancer. And just from having this platform alone, like Paris uh, has his first gig, like doing his own dance classes. Snaz is getting like more hosting gigs. People are like, where's that next album? Yeah. Like I've gained so many people who are like, oh, where can I find your books and mm-hmm. stuff? And 
our whole we had one common purpose which was you know we're gonna do this podcast and we're going to learn as we teach other people but it's benefited us in different ways too so I think I think it could go either way but yeah. in my experience this is how it's been going mm-hmm. It's a hell of a process. Boy. Also, speaking of process, how, how are we all feeling right now? I know you're <laughs> You know, <laughs> when I first sat down, like, remember in the sunken place? Like, Don't do that. Like, that's how I, like, I was like, ooh, shit. <laughs> that's why I, like, whispered, like, pass me my coat. Pass me my coat. <laughs> <laughs> but as you guys go through the process, mm-hmm. have you ever had a moment where you figured out, well, maybe what I'm doing right now is the wrong thing and it's not the process itself? Have you ever had to change, you know, according to the process you were going through? Completely. Like, I had to, like, completely change everything, like, the whole direction I was going in. Because my poetry and everything, I didn't change that, but I just changed the way I was doing mm-hmm. it. I was relying so much on, like, other people. Like, okay, people will hear me and they'll care. And that's not really, like, what happened. I had to put in a lot of work mm-hmm. to even get people to turn their head. And I still am. I'm constantly finding different things. I got tired of, like, nobody ever asked poets to, like, be on podcasts and mm-hmm. stuff. So I started, hey, what you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, you all podcast meet on Saturdays? Like, let me get there. Yep. Then I started getting invited. For a long time, I, was, I wasn't complacent with my talent, but I was complacent when it came to thinking everybody was going to reach out to me. And I had to mm-hmm. put in work and invest my time and invest my money to show people, like, hey, because I know what I'm worth, but I got to get you to even look at me so you can mm-hmm. see what I'm worth. And for a long time, I'm like, it'll, it'll go. It'll pop. And... I changed all of that. You touched on a lot, and I'm definitely going to get back to that, but I want to get your perspective on that. Um, <clears throat> I definitely had to change the process. See, when I first started, I thought I was the shit. I thought I knew it all. I didn't think that I needed to do the footwork and the groundwork of what it would take to really become a stand-up comedian. So when I say... I had to change the process and I had to humble myself. I had to get out here and I had to start hitting open mics and doing performances in between the big shows and stuff. See, I thought I didn't need that. But once like my second, third show hit and I realized I'm like, I haven't been practicing enough. I can't keep throwing these big events and I'm putting out shitty sets. You know what I'm saying? So I had to stop, take a step back and I had to get out here and put in that footwork. So I had to start performing throughout the week, getting booked, woo, woo, woo. And um, in that happening, I could see it with the show that I did this past Friday. It's like, oh, this is working now. Because at first, I, I was against it. I was totally against it. I thought I was just about to put out a show every six, seven months, and everybody was going to come flocking to me. It didn't work like that. It didn't, so I had to reevaluate the way that I was going about becoming this great stand-up comedian. I'm glad you mentioned mm-hmm. that because we often um, get in our own way. Yeah. Other oh, absolutely. Get in our way. Yeah. And so 
when you were talking about how you realized, like, man, I need to go practice some more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That takes a level of humility to be able mm-hmm. to come back. Sure does. Definitely. Say, you know, this is my craft. Yeah. This, and that, at those moments, you find out if you're really about that shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's not easy and it's not fun. Like, it's yeah. not the pretty part of the world. It's you know, not. You know what I'm <laughs> That's when you really figure out if something is for you. Yeah. And I want to go back to something you said. I remember, you talking about nobody has called us on podcasts. I remember because I remember seeing you do a poem, like, like a while ago I think this had to be about two or so years ago mm-hmm. I don't even know and I remember that shit and I was like I immediately I was like yo like she got some shit to say like if, you know so I was thinking about doing my podcast at the moment I was like I want her on my podcast and that's Yay. one of the reasons I like, reached out to you because I mm-hmm. definitely like remember you from like I followed you on Twitter and all that because of that like exact performance yeah. so like the work you know what I'm saying like those mm-hmm. individual things like you showed up to a, a concert and it was like it was literally a concert. So I don't know. I don't know. It was like in somebody's like like a backyard or some shit. I remember like, yeah, that. Like, I was mm-hmm. showing the back. They had like a yeah. band and they had mm-hmm. rappers and you came up there and you did your poetry. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? It takes a lot to command a stage as a poet when you're in an environment like that. Like it takes a lot. So exactly, you're dealing with like people who have DJs, mm-hmm. and bands, yeah. and stuff like that. So they're like. Everybody be like, oh, you know, they got a good mm-hmm. pianist, they got a good drummer, mm-hmm. they got a good DJ, they're a good rapper. But, like, for someone to take your, your words themselves and not as mm-hmm. a collective, they're just your words, I think that says something about your skill, your ability. Thank to you. No problem. Hey. I <laughs> yeah, sometimes, like, for a long time, I used to have to yell at people to get them to listen to me. And everybody knew I could fight, so they would. Oh, you know like, what? <laughs> that was like, that's how I used to get, I'd be like, I will be the first row ass if y'all don't shut the fuck up and people would but then for a while I was like you know what no one wants to book you you like you want to smack people while you, you can there. smack people you ma'am so I was doing open mics and I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of leg work and I literally just found other methods yeah. and a lot of times I, I just found it and I found it in my voice like the first 30 seconds during a performance I expect everyone to be really chatty mm-hmm. but the first poem I pick is essential in my set because I'm demanding everybody's attention it's usually something that's just like you know y'all want to hear about my pussy or you want to hear about me cussing every Everybody yeah. out. Like you want to hear something that'll grab their attention. I want the first one. And when <laughs> right, like <laughs> once I, I hit them with the, the first one, one. <laughs> I could literally do a poem about like some Walt Whitman type yeah. shit second, but yeah. I got everybody's attention and they're like, Whoa, this bitch That's is amazing. Like, so thank you. You're welcome. But it took me a long time <laughs> to be able to command a room without yeah. being like, I'll shoot this bitch up. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It does. it does. You figure something out about mm-hmm. yourself, but also about other people. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I can definitely attest to that because I know when I started, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, man, like who else is matching you weed and you know what I'm saying and doing a podcast? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. who else is. But I was getting so upset because I wasn't receiving the love that I felt for my personal mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And then I had to realize, like, yo, I remember I was reading a book. I was reading Charlemagne's book, mm-hmm. um, Black Privilege. I remember he had a tra- chapter called Fuck Your Dreams. Mm. Like, cause nobody really cares more about your dreams than mm. you. Like, mm-hmm. even if you mention it to your mom, you right. be like, "I don't know about that, baby." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, A B C one two three. Mm-hmm. That should give you all the reasons why you shouldn't. You have yes. to make people care. Like, yeah, this is the process of literally forcing people to pay attention to you, mm-hmm. Absolutely. forcing people to like really care about investing your dreams, mm-hmm. and that's very very difficult mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like have you ever had a situation where someone is like you know in the beginning i really wasn't sure about what you were doing oh yeah now, i'm there oh all yes the time. those situations with me all the time there are people who like literally i'd be like yeah so i want to work with you blah 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 and they just straight up show mm-hmm. me some bullshit ass energy mm-hmm. bullshit ass attitude and then 
they asking to work with me or or the person they admire is working with me mm-hmm. and they have to be there or something like all the time I say like I don't even I've never even had to put out the energy that I was gonna like shit on anybody mm-hmm. or that nothing or I've, I look people I'm like you're gonna work with me yeah. like we're gonna work yeah. one day you might not believe me right now but it's gonna happen and I believe that like I comment on celebrities like pictures and shit all the time like hey sis because <laughs> for real one day okay. you're gonna be replying for real. back hello and I'll be like yeah okay. bitch I've been doing this since 2012 <laughs> <laughs> um for me state the question one more time so the I can make sure people, edible live edible is kicking in I'm sorry if you had a situation where you've had someone finally come around to what you do. Like, somebody was like, you know, I'm not sure about this. I'm not really rocking with this. But mm-hmm. then after time went on, they are like, you know what? At first I was skeptical, mm-hmm. but now blank, blank, blank. You know, I don't have a specific person that I can think of, but I've had a lot of different situations where people be like, oh, you really do this? Or somebody asked me, like, do you do this for fun? And I was like, uh... That's an insult. And then somebody was like, well, are you going to keep doing this like part-time? Is this just a, lo- a little part-time thing? You know, when people say the word little. Right. It just undermines and disrespects everything. And I'm just like, no. But um, with me, I'm, I'm usually always at a disadvantage. So I'm always having to prove myself. I'm usually always the only woman to perform when I'm at these shows. Or I'm always usually the youngest. So people doubt me anyway until they see me once I get off that stage then they come up to me like oh damn I didn't know this and that I'm like I know but you're gonna continue to watch and you're gonna find out so I'm proving myself every time I even have to touch a microphone Okay. Ooh. Okay. I wish I had. <laughs> okay. Right. Like boom. Right. Boom. I need that shit. Well, thank you. Yes, you know, you know. Speaking of processes, mm. so we were recently talking about Cardi B's album. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What did you guys feel about that? Did you guys enjoy it? I did. I love it. I enjoyed um, it. Um, she's iconic. Yes. What? She's the mother I never had. For real. The sister I've never had. Okay. <laughs> she is a phenomenal She's woman. A phenomenal. Okay. Don't do that to me, Oprah. <laughs> Don't do that. With the little tears. Yes. She's, She's the she sister. sister. I've never had. I've never had. <laughs> okay, me and Bella Khalees. Okay. That is my babe. I okay. mess with Cardi B. I love it. I've been watching her process, and it's mm-hmm. like it's amazing. It's it's beautiful to witness it, yeah. and she's so humble about it, and she's happy about it. And yeah, she acknowledges her haters, and I hate that people hate on her the way they do. It's like, well, what do you guys want? Did y'all want her to stay in the same place she was? Yes. What, okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I try not to disarm. Okay. Twitter, Instagram, her Instagram is disgusting. They talk about the way she talks mm-hmm. and. X, Y, and Z, and her music isn't this, or she's compared to this, her past. People love to bring up her past, and she's acknowledged her past. She said, yes, I danced. And? So what? So what? She still danced like a stripper. Okay. Did you see that, Coachella? I was shaking my pregnant ass, too, and I'm not pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? And it's okay. I mean, she started from the bottom, and now Mm -hmm. she's at the top. People can't phantom that. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-mm. People want you to be successful, but only at a certain limit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want her to be an Instagram sensation yeah. or a love of hip hop. Jocelyn, um, forgive me, but they mm-hmm. want her to just be a, oh, she got a little bop and it ain't going nowhere. Now, this girl has the number one album in the country. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's a blessing, and it's a blessing to watch her because I'm, I'm inspired by that yeah. to keep going no matter what people say. Like, just keep going. Definitely. Isn't it interesting to see her process, though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely, no, I'm definitely, mm-hmm. definitely talking about I enjoyed, I enjoyed it, too. It was mm-hmm. a fun album. Like, for me, I definitely was at the gym about to catch a part. Okay. <laughs> I paid for this membership. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bickin' bickin'. Oh, I love that song. I like when YG hit that. Yes. I love that song so much. I love that song. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was her singing on the uh the going through your phone. Yeah. Like, she's like awesome. Then I saw a video of her in high school performing. Yeah, I saw that. She's yeah. been like destined for this. She's always yeah, she said she sure. used to rap in the booth at the strip club yeah. with niggas because she couldn't afford a studio and she was trying to get wow, them to like get her one. Yeah, but stuff, nobody yeah. was taking her Serious. seriously. And she they doubted her. Yeah. Right. She, I follow yeah. her on Vine. Mm-hmm. Like that. I found her years ago yeah. because I was just always in deep. Holes. I love Vine so much. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> I found her on Vine. Then I followed her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Back when her teeth was fucked up. Fucked she, up. She was wearing the braids yep. at the strip club and everything. Yep. And to see all that, then she went on Love mm-hmm. and Hip Hop. Then she started mm-hmm. releasing the Gangsta Bitch Value yep. tapes. Then Bodak Yellow came out and the whole world couldn't deny her anymore. They couldn't. They couldn't. Like she had moved so much and yeah. did so much. They absolutely couldn't deny her anymore. And if you doubted her mm-hmm. after that, mm-hmm. now you can't even doubt her. You can't. But people go end up talking shit like they talk shit Either about way. LeBron. Like he Period. can't get another ring. They not gonna say mm-hmm. that she can get another Listen, album. They talked about Jesus. They talk about <laughs> anybody. That's what I always go to. So. Mm. So when we think about Cardi B and we talk about, you talked about her process as far as like rapping in the booth. She's talking about you should eat tuna fish. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like she had a whole like, you know, say we gonna win, knock me down nine times. But mm-hmm. you know what yep. You know what I mean? So when you go through that process, we see her process. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most amazing thing about yeah. the time we're living right now mm-hmm. is that we can actually see people mm-hmm. right things as like time progresses. Like we be like, damn, I remember when you were on here. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't see that with other people. Like, these people, yeah. most times, people would just pop up. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. But now, they be like, oh, I'm on Instagram. And then right. somebody picks you up and they hear, like, your B. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the most That's amazing. inspiring. inspiring. It is. And that makes, I think that would make people feel like they can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why it feels like people can, you know, be rappers, they mm-hmm. can be singers, they can mm-hmm. be artists. Any, you know, any sort of like visual, that, oh, I can do that because I literally seen someone else do it mm-hmm. from this level to that verb. And yeah. they don't change. Most of those people don't yeah, change. Like Cardi B didn't mm-hmm. change. I have to say it's Justin Bieber, dog. The biggest example of the process, think about Justin okay. Bieber started singing off on YouTube. Mm, Justin yeah. Bieber had all his little singing videos mm-hmm. on YouTube when he was like nine years old mm-hmm. on to the point where he, you know, met Usher and they finally got things moving. Like, okay. that's a process. Yeah. Literally being able One to time is my jam. I remember that. Yo, I'm not going to lie. Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> journals, he got journals, the hitters. Journals is some shit. He okay? got the I like that one song. That's all that matters to me. That's Whatever that is. Oh, is that, is, oh, is that the journal? Oh, okay. That that send it. <laughs> send it. I saw the Justin Bieber movie in the theater. He has a movie. He did have a movie. Yeah, McGuire. Yep, I went and saw it. it. Was like a concert movie. Me and my homegirl, she loved Justin Bieber. <laughs> I was like, she was like, I'll pay for you. I was like, shit. Popcorn, Let's do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do it. 
But as you see these people on social media now, do you feel like people think it's easier now that they can see it on social media? Now you can take a photo and be like, oh, I'm in the studio with such and such. Well, now I'm here. Like, do people just, I don't know, just underestimate the role of the process now that they can see the process and quick glimpses? Instant gratification is something that I noticed like yeah. 25 and unders yep. like want. And I it's, it's because of social media and just media in mm-hmm. general because if you tell somebody a 14 year old girl tell somebody cash me outside yeah. you're a star now you nominated for a billboard ain't that crazy award. like that's and that was instant gratification and she wasn't even moving in that right. direction yes. yes she is which is sick With man Nicki Minaj and Cardi, and Cardi B. B under her that is sickening. I don't even know what song she I has. Don't, I don't either. My eyes twitching. I've yes. never heard it. But you know, she has something because I was reading the Metro Times two weeks ago and she was here doing a concert. And I read the, I said the name. It said Bad Barbie. What is it? Bad Baby? Bad, bad, baby or bad Baby, I think. It's just bad. It's just retarded. <laughs> it's just stupid. I'm over it. Yeah. No. Oh. But. <laughs> Knockout. But yeah, instant gratification for them and understanding the process is so important because it'll keep you from giving up Mm -hmm. and like just constantly moving the stuff. So you'll never be a master of anything at that rate. You'll never, you won't, if you think you're going to be able to play the violin in two years, like, and just let it go, like, that's just not how it goes. If Mm -hmm. you want to be yo yo ma, you got to go through a 30 year process. And Tiffany Haddish is a great example of that because she's even older than Cardi B. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing her in like playing small roles in movies Mm -hmm. and on the uh, revival of the deaf comedy jam and shit. Mm -hmm. And now she, you know, I read her book, anything she's in, I'm going, Mm -hmm. I'm watching. I see all the TV specials Mm -hmm. with her. Like, I'm following her because she had this whole ass process that went 15 years. She couldn't even read. She was an extra and their eyes were watching God. Mm. Like that's how she started getting into yeah. film and stuff was being extras in movies. Like that movie came out when I was in middle school. Yes, I remember. Like, mm-hmm. so for her to have that type of process, that's more of what kids need to see. Yeah. Instead of having like thinking that you're going to be Soulja Boy or whatever. You're not. But it's not cute. You know what I'm saying? Like, the process isn't pretty. It's like, not. It's not a pretty It sucks thing. half the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you mm-hmm. sucks because you're frustrated. It's nasty. Because mm-hmm. you know what you are. Mm-hmm. And you really feel that deep down. Like, yo, I yeah. know. I'm yep. Good. Like, I know I got something good to offer. But the thing is getting everyone else to believe. I know. Like, mm-hmm. That's always the hardest part. If you could say, what are two things that you feel will make people believe it more than anything? But you know what? Work ethic is one. Mm-hmm. If people see that, they will start to believe. Mm-hmm. I'll say that's one. I don't got a second one right now because the edible is kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, on some real, because people love to come up to me and say, we see you working. And that's how I know it's like mm-hmm. I'm doing something because people see me out here grinding. They may not know what it all entails, but they see, oh, she's here on mm-hmm. this flyer. This show's coming up, boom, boom, boom. And they see me, so they're starting to believe, like, well, damn, maybe D-Lo really is doing this comedy thing. Maybe she is becoming a comedian. And, yeah, I say your work ethic is literally, like, 99.999% of it, Mm -hmm. for real. I don't know what else it is. You got to fail. You do. Oh, absolutely. Like, you got to fail. Absolutely. To, like, actually feel what the process is about. 
Like, you have to. If you don't fail, like, and not just once. Mm-mm. Like, you gotta, even if it's minor fails that you only you know, mm-hmm. you wanted something to be done by a certain date mm-hmm. and shit got fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta have a fail because that's what determines who, like, sinks or swims. Yeah, and do you really and, want it? And do you really mm-hmm. want it? And you have to learn from your mistakes. Yes. Like, when it comes to throwing shows and stuff like that, yep. I learned from the other stuff. I learned where I spend the money, mm-hmm. where I save the money, what type of quality, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You have to You fail. have to. And I feel like it makes you appreciate it more and not take it for granted. Yep. Because if you get something overnight, everything you feel like you're yeah. just supposed to get. But when you fail, when you get something, you feel blessed and you know there's mm-hmm. another layer to go from there. Absolutely. You don't get satisfied. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Because failure is necessary. It right? is. Because if you didn't fall when you were a child learning how to walk, mm-hmm. you would never have the need to get up and walk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you never mm-hmm. would have completed that task. Yeah. You would never realize like, okay, my legs are wobbling and mm-hmm. you know maybe I'm not making the best moves. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe I need to you know hold on someone's hand or maybe I need to, you know, Stay a little closer to this side because I know I might lean over. Like that failure process is also important, and I feel like a lot of people don't embrace failure. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we live in a society that makes it feel like if you fail something, that mm-hmm. you're a failure. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like it's just unfortunately, one time and then it's over for you. Mm-hmm. Like, have you? How did you guys get over that that hump? That hump where you feel like I've messed up. Like this, you know, this is big for me, but I'm bigger than that. Have you ever guys reached that point? All the time. Yeah. I've yeah people are usually surprised when I say I've had bad shows they be like what I'm like yes I've had mm-hmm. zero clap shows you know what I'm saying but when I go home and I get my little tears and my anger out I ask myself are you gonna let that room determine your career are you just gonna let those few minutes determine your career mm-hmm. and at that point whatever decision I make I'm either gonna stop or keep going and obviously I kept going so Shake it off. It happens. And if it doesn't happen, something ain't right. <laughs> You're not human. But it happens. And like you said, embrace them. It's, you know, it's the way you handle it. It's your attitude behind it. And I, that's what makes me so graceful. It's like, because I handle it with grace. You know, I handle it in the in a room with myself. I handle it right there. I don't have to go on the internet to handle it or mm-hmm. call up 50 different people. No, D-Lo, you're going to take this L. You're going to take it gracefully. You're going to turn that L into a W. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there it is. Definitely. Every time I fail, like, I... I don't even have to really mention it to anybody mm-hmm. or anything. Nope. Like, even if I really do have a transgression mm-hmm. against someone, and I might have that transgression forever mm-hmm. if I decide to, I still just take care of it myself because a lot of times it's just about your perception and your attitude. Like, you can either get comfortable smelling shit or yes. you can get up, you yes. know, and that's how I feel about it. So if I fuck up something, mm-hmm. everything's not going the way I want it to, forgetting a poem during a fucking mm-hmm. show and having to freestyle it and being at the end like everybody thought that was great mm-hmm. but that fucking sucked like I like and I've done that so many times mm-hmm. where I was like okay you're going to uh, at least two open mics a month and practicing in the mirror mm-hmm. for this many hours a week and stuff because how are you supposed to grow in that and it was hard and I had to stop prejudging myself also mm-hmm. because I felt like I was a failure mm-hmm. and I'm like you know none of this shit's gonna work like this sucks you know but when I stopped judging myself for going through a human process yeah. I look at everything like mm, you know 
it's either going to go very well or I'm going to be right where I am right mm-hmm. now. And where I am is okay. You know, I'm eating every day, mm-hmm. you know. But it's definitely still a learning process for me, too, because I am sensitive mm-hmm. when it comes to my... It's Erica Badu. Okay. You're an artist and you and what? I'm sensitive okay. about Okay. So <laughs> if I can't deliver it the way I want or mm-hmm. it's not received the way that I would want it to, it, it hurts a little bit. But at the same time, like... Shit, everything hurts at some point. You know, that's how you can appreciate the good parts. Mm-hmm. See, it's, that's that's the key to things, right? You have to realize that a moment is not big enough to encompass your whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, these things may feel like an eternity. Yeah. I was like, but that's just, you don't realize how large your life is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that you start to realize as you get older. And you yeah. You look back on things, then you'll really notice, like, man, I've really lived a lot. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was the infamy. I felt like this was my uptime yeah this this month or these two months or this three months or even this year mm-hmm. of feeling what i was feeling it felt like an eternity but when i look back from it five years it feels five years from now it yeah feels like five minutes. exactly mm-hmm. you know, and that's difficult sometimes you can't remember that. how i felt no really for real especially because i smoke weed <laughs> i really don't remember <laughs> I'll be like, damn, I think I was fucked up. I'm like, what's I fucked up? Like, I was probably high. I probably <laughs> was. <laughs> Hopefully, shit, if I'm going through some shit, I hope I had the money for the weed. Mary is consistent. I will say, if I can say the second thing that I go next to hard work is consistency. And Mary, now Mary, she consistent. Mary yeah, is consistent. Mm-hmm. But we got, you know, we got 420 coming up in a couple of days. Oh, yes. When yeah. is it? Friday. No. <laughs> I'm like, when is it? Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. How punny. Friday. I remember my first 420. I was in college. I went to Michigan State. And uh, me and my best friend bought some orange kush. And we smoked it in this parking lot uh, near these dorms called Holden. And we blew it down and then went to class <laughs> everybody we walked in everybody's like wait and they kid and we're just like we so blow <laughs> well i don't know why people are acting like it was a big deal now that i think about it were See? y'all loud just screaming that's why you was in a, screaming you were in a we hot university box. Ca- campus talk, at the moment my blowed ass was like damn this shit really <laughs> <laughs> My first 420 <laughs> is a ghetto ass like fairy tale. So, I love it already. Tell me a story. It was Please a, tell me. So I wasn't even really smoking like that mm-hmm. at the moment. I think I was only like 21 okay. and like I just got over the whole weed is bad. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So I didn't smoke like I had, I would like party hit the blunt. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, my coworker, he, um, <laughs> my coworker, he was like, oh, you want to celebrate 420 with me? I'm like, yeah. So me and my Good friend idea. Ari, I'm like, I want you to come with me because I don't want to be with this nigga by myself. She's like, bet. I was like, my friend smokes. And my friend smokes hella weed. So I'm like, yeah, this is who I want with me on 420. Like, she'll make sure I'm good. So we go to this gas station with him. And there's this lady in this blue jean skirt. It's April. Blue jean skirt. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> she had on, like, these thigh-high, like, brown rockwear boots. <laughs> Like brown leather, like snakeskin rockerwear boots, and this I'm a, screaming a fur coat and like a lime green halter top. Excuse and there's a nigga on the newspaper, and he's smoking a blunt. And when we walk in, he like happy 420, y'all. And so I'm like, okay. So we smoke. 
And then we go to his house. He has this big chip bag because he lives with his mom. And he takes out like an ounce of weed. And he's like, we're about to go to my friend's house. We go to his friend's house. We are smoking hella weed. He had his friend made muffins. We're Mm. eating those. Like I had like four because I didn't know any better. And Oh, they were, were they eatables? Oh, (laughs) hell no. Bro. Hell no. So we're high as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Then I realized the entire time. (laughs) <laughs> two kids were in the room but they weren't smoking <laughs> with us or anything but they were like watching TV <laughs> and I'm like bro have we been smoking with these kids in here the entire time <laughs> they were like yeah then this weird ass nigga who like had heli weed so I know that's the only reason why he was invited was yeah. came through okay it's always the weird nigga right. <laughs> it's real weird and he takes like this I'm mason so jar full of like stuff that kind of looked like urine but it was thick and he put it on the table and it was just sitting there for like a while and I look at my coworker and I'm like bro what's in that jar he's like we don't know he always bring it with him what <laughs> the fuck right Yo. and I literally was like I'm ready to go home so I call who's actually my boyfriend now this nigga I was fucking with and I'm like take me and my friend to Taco Bell <laughs> he takes us to Taco Bell me and her and we buy like $35 worth of food. <laughs> what? And then. <laughs> what? Okay. Right. And he bought it, you know. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. let's have sex. And that was my 420. Amazing. That was my first 420. Amazing. <laughs> that was and then beautiful. I went home and I like woke him up. You know. You know, <laughs> right, right. And you know how your parents, when you wake up at like 2 p.m., be yeah. like, you're on drugs. <laughs> you're like, tracking. And I Track is whack. Like, what you mean? I'm literally like, yeah, I am on I'm drugs. I'm on drugs. I am, damn it. I smoke that dang. I'm a drug. I really was. And my parents, like, wait. So my mom was like, oh, wow. Bitch. Like, you fucking bitch. You wow. Yeah, you ain't call nobody. Like, I got cussed out for that. Like, oh, so you was on some good shit because you woke up at two, bitch. Wow. Like, I was like, well, damn. Bitch. Well, damn. Do you guys smoke together? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, dope. All the time. That's my dad, dope. My entire family is... My family, I love them. When I go to people's house and they be like praying before they eat yeah. and like doing like, you know, normal potluck yeah. shit, my family be like, somebody call Captain J's, Chantel, bring an ounce. Wow. You know, like, Amazing. Get the bottles, get the beer. Like, my family goes hard. And that's why I go hard so hard. Amazing. That's a beautiful, yeah. that's a beautiful if family. If I don't have weed, yeah. niggas is like, what's wrong? Yeah. Like, are you doing bad? Yeah. Like, do you need help? Yeah. Same here. <laughs> I'm going out of time with my mom and my two aunts in like a month, and I'm just fearful because I'm going to be four days without weed. So my mood's going to be shitty. I can take them on the plane. Girl, put it in a Sour Patch bag. But see, I think I have a habit. I like the act of smoking. Yeah. Take a vape pen. And you just put in your luggage. Okay. Mm-hmm. How okay. how at me, D-Lo? I will. Hook you up. I sure will. The starter kit, only 50. Ooh, mm-hmm. tease me with a good time. Mm-hmm. Okay. We gonna talk about I swing your way. <laughs> I'm a person who enjoys my weed. I smoke so much yeah. weed to the point I don't remember any of my 420. Wow. Let me tell you, I don't remember none of them bitches. Don't tell anybody like, that. We was going through like, <laughs> we was going through like a little list. I was like, mm-hmm. 
I said, was that 420 or 417? Wow. Because I had, was that the day before? Was like, wow. What's like, I don't know. Like, maybe I was, I don't know. I'm planning on getting caviar gold from one four twenty. I don't know. It's like, is that weed? Yeah. Oh. Six strand. It's like, and yeah, they turn it into a moon rock. A gram? Yeah. It's 175 a gram? Okay, hold on. It's 175 a gram? Like $175? Like $25 under 200. They literally say, don't, don't smoke this alone. If you smoke with other people, you're not going to be able to do shit. For a, gram? A, gram? a gram? A gram? A gram? A gram? A gram? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. $175? I, I, want, some, I want some real, like, lavish shit. I am confusion. I'm saving this. <laughs> when, I get, when I get big bag. When I get big bag, let me tell you something. Uh-huh. I seen on Two Chains most expensive as shit. I mm-hmm. seen that episode. Yeah, she made the uh she the gold. The, she had the lobster. They had, oh yeah. They had gold lobster? No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> they had a big <laughs> they had a big ass gold blunt they made him. Oh, but wow. it was this like edible, uh-huh. like they made meals and they had like this lobster tail that they like pretty much made like with weed everything. And it was like while they were eating, like it was awesome. But I like Weed a Kit for the same reason. Yeah, Maybe inviting That's people amazing. on there and cooking all chains, types of shit. He had Hannibal Burris on there. Like That's Chong. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like the OG. Like that mm. shit inspired. Like, I'm so hungry. It's, I am too. Actually, it's a nigga in the city who sells meals like that. You got to have a CBD sauce and stuff, though, because I noticed on Weed a Kit, because if you're too high off of edible, if mm-hmm. you do something CBD, it'll bring you down. That's why they always have, like, those CBD sauces and stuff, so you don't get, like, pee on yourself high. Mm. What? I, I, pee on yourself high? Like, the moments where you think you Numb. No, you numb. Oh. Your whole wow. body numb. Like, because when you talk about a meal with, like, 4,000 milligrams of That is a lot. THC. You have to be counteracting that constantly. Their drinks are always CBD and stuff because realistically, at that point, you did heroin. Mm. <laughs> Con- confusion. <laughs> confusion. <laughs> You're really a druggie. <laughs> Yo, they need to change their monologue, G. Like, Soon. Because, look, this is some bullshit. I'm tired of sneaking. I, I don't. I don't. Come. I got a misdemeanor not long ago. So I was on out. probation, got caught fucking around with weed because I went to go drop high. Wow, confusion. I was confused. <laughs> How did you I'm do like, that? I'm literally. Why like, did you do that? I did and how did that turn out for you guys? I I had to go I to this weed that. addiction class wow. or whatever because I already like talked them into like not having me get my like I had to go to a special center so they didn't watch me pee so I could you know have my hookup mm. and I fucked up was blowed as fuck got my number called went <laughs> damn <laughs> you ain't had time to go get no pee I didn't think about it I was like oh, oh shit, I gotta go drop cause I'm blow like I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I'm like I just laughed the nastiest laugh Cause you can literally like you got to the end of the day, or you can go a day after when you okay, and like, you just you. And didn't I was like, think. I was like, damn, I gotta go. Let me go out. right like, this I, moment. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> and niggas was like, bet. I'll be right back. Like niggas was like, for sure. And I had, and none of your people stopped. No, because they was like, blown too. 
Wow, yeah, go drop. <laughs> go drop that right. dirty weed. I mean, that dirty pee <laughs> So, I'm in front of the judge and shit. She, I'm, like, I'm like, sis, I smoke. I'm not going to stop. And it was Southfield, too. So, oh, she took me to man. this addiction class. Yeah. I go to the addiction class, and they like, what's up? I'm like, I work at a dispensary, and I'm not going to stop. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to lie to nobody. Yeah. I was like, it is what it is. Right. And he wrote that on my paper to my probation officer. It is what it is. Everything. And I was like, sis, I will literally give you an extra 800. Just let this go. She was like, bet. Who you had, Andrea Turner? I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had her last name. was. It was like Zalowski or something. Yeah, she was going to take that shit. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. I was like, sis, find me. Damn. Or, Or keep it for yourself. Right. I honestly don't give a shit. Right. Damn. I was in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. Mm, dangerous. Was, so. <laughs> middle of nowhere. That sounds crazy. Oh, dangerous, bro. Like, for real, niggas was cool, bro. Niggas knew me because I used to deliver sandwiches. So, mm. everybody was usually cool. And she was like, oh, you nigga from the Amish Deli. I was like, hey, hey. Uh, hey Amish hey, Deli? You were hey. middle of nowhere Definitely. as fuck. Yeah, bro. It smacked, bro. I used to get blowed as fuck. Mm. All day food, bro. Wow. Like, that shit was fantastic. Like, like you want a pie? You want a sandwich? Yes, I do. Food? Absolutely. Can I can I go to the car first real quick? I think I left some receipts in there and I can blow it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. But I got this shit and the nigga was like, uh, my lawyer was like, uh, yo, so I, you know, I dropped or whatever, blow. Mm. And then he was like, uh, you only like .02 like above like. Mm. And he was like, so they're talking about giving you a class, it's that in the third. Okay. And I was like, look. I want you to go in there and renegotiate one more time. Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to walk inside, talk to him, tell him about the, like, tell him about the levels I'm at, like, mm-hmm. tell, him, like, tell him what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying, around here, and I was like, where I'm from, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm like, tell me, I'm telling him how long I have in this state, mm-hmm. and I was like, and just try to negotiate, negotiate a better way, <coughs> and he was like, he was like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying, like, tell me about what I'm doing on campus, you know what I'm saying, holler at me, you know what I'm saying, just go in and do what you got to do and come on back. So, I'm like, I got you, Rodney, do your thing. Like, the nigga go in, mm-hmm. and he talked to him, my man, he come out with, Wait, your name's Rodney. He come out with, like, a spring and this stuff and shit. Rodney. Yeah, nigga named Rodney. Oh, I thought your name was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, your name is not Rodney. That's not a G-Blade. That's not a blade She's like, this nigga's name is not Rodney. So this nigga Rodney come out with a come out this bitch like you know the white man stuff mm-hmm. real, real quick when it seemed uncomfortable a bit. <laughs> he was like, yeah, so uh, you don't gotta take the class, you don't gotta go to jail. Oh, that's perfect. He was like, just pay your fine at the end of it, mm-hmm. you be straight. And I was like, word. Right. Like, yeah, and I went to the judge, and he was like, when you go up there, he's like, just shut the fuck up. He was stop saying nothing. Was like, just smile and look pretty. And I was like, you know mm. what? Pretty hurts, but I'm gonna do it. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And you I'm did like, it. I had to do it. I, but I, so all my people listening, drop clean, please. Like, yeah, you know don't be like drop us. clean, never dirty. These are rare occurrences because there's way more niggas in jail for dropping dirty. Emphasis on niggas too, because yeah. absolutely, the marijuana industry is literally made to make all the people who condemned it just twenty absolutely. years ago rich and Which keep. Which Republican recently was it? John Boehner? I don't. Trying to figure out which Republican recently got like a big state in like marijuana, and I'm just like, my guy, like your party's whole thing is like weed is bad. Weed is bad. That's how they try to make you seem. Jeff Sessions still feels that way. He trying to crack down. Fuck all of them. How about that? Fuck all. They fucking do coke every morning. They literally like. And you're mad that I'm rolling a blunt. 
They eat escort ass every Friday. They get and they, peed on. And <laughs> snort the coke off, off the, the ass. ass. Hey, that's kind of lit, though. And you mad I want to roll up, blunt. And stay at home. And, and stay at home and eat my pizza and not your so ass. I'm just saying, you mad at me because I want to eat pizza. I want to eat a pizza over some ass. <laughs> I'm literally... <laughs> Not eating anything off of I pizza. want pizza. You want egg. <laughs> I eat a this nigga's like, I eat pizza ass well, and I mean, sniff coke. Don't say yet. Don't do that's a I'm bad like, drug. Coke is a bad drug. I, I said I was going to do it once. I'm is coke good. vegan? That's a good question. I don't. Do, I have to order my coke. It depends on what it's cut with, I guess, to I make it vegan. Shade. I want a machete. I want to. I want to. That's not what I mean by it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I thought we were talking. I thought we were cutting the freaking stuff. I was like, I want that nigga to use a machete to cut. He's right like, yeah, because I guess you know if he uses a bu- uh, animal's bone to cut it, it's not vegan. No, like I don't know. They could be using like pre- confusion. Like, if you use, I am like, confusion milk, right now. That's not vegan. Because they talking about cutting milk. stuff with milk and coke, and I'm confusion right now. I just want everyone listening. Let everybody know. If you I know, am I confusion. Shawnee the hippie has a story. It's not that I did cocaine, <laughs> but I used to be thug ass hippie. Mm. And when I was thug ass hippie, things were real different. Okay. And I was like fighting street over e pills mm. and stuff like that. Wow. So you lived a life. I, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Well, in retrospect, I'm like, wow, I didn't get killed. That was great. God so, has blessed yes. you. God has blessed he you. Has. So I was <laughs> like, when mm-hmm. we're having like when people bring up like stuff like that, if I'm in a work environment or something, I gotta stop myself because yeah. I'm like, whoa, they do not need to know yeah. that I know how to cut coke. Right. So yeah. mm. it's like interesting. Y'all funny. <laughs> You just gotta go out your way. Like I probably was going to Miami or somewhere I was. D Lo Brown does not do coke. Me neither. I just do weed. Uh, no, I, I do it for one time. I tried for the one time. I heard it's lit. Nah. But you know, I, I come from. A, I, come I from don't a want stuff in my nose. Oh. So, <laughs> I, just, I, to, I come from a lot of coke sniffing niggas. Hey man. Hey. All right. I wish I could see my face. I got you know, look, my blood is my blood. I'm just gonna leave it, you know. But I've been saved by the blood. Okay? All right. Okay. All right. I went to church a little while ago, and I got a little hot, so I had to. I, I felt like the little flames on me. I was like, Ooh. "Excuse me, like, were you on coke?" No, I was about the flames. Man. I was hot as hell. I went to oh. church. I was on fire, nigga. No, Richard Pryor got on fire with coke. I'm not Richard Pryor. No, that was heroin. He, he was freebasing heroin. heroin. Yeah, he was freebasing heroin. That nigga blew himself up. What does freebasing mean? Freebasing is when, like, okay. So freebasing. <laughs> that started to. <laughs> freebasing is when, okay, so when you just, like, insert it and everything, mm-hmm. it comes, like, cut a certain way. Sometimes you can get, like, the liquid and stuff. Mm-hmm. Freebasing is when you're pretty much, like, heating it up mm. when it's in a powder form and mixing right. it yourself mm. and sometimes they'll like cut it with different agents like usually cleaning agents and stuff mm. that's when it becomes flammable so freebasing uh, most addicts who inject freebase because it helps get them higher faster wow that's Speaking deep and, mm-hmm. and drugs um, so I'm trying to figure out so what do you think I hear this a lot from comedians sometimes mm-hmm. they say well Everybody is so sensitive. It's hard to be a comedian. Do you find it hard to be a comedian like around this time? No, surprisingly, no. Um, I think for me, it's because of the topics and luckily my age group. 
my age group is a little more understanding. Um, you know, they're not so tight in the ass. I can talk about the LBGTQ community. I can talk about sex and violence and guns and no one's really up in arms. I don't know if I've reached that level yet of where people will be super critical of, you know, my material, but um always I'm a, I'm gonna stay true to myself. I'm not switching up shit for nobody and if you that sensitive about it then just don't watch me. That's fine. I Period. Don't understand that completely. Mhm. What was I watching recently? I was I was thinking I was watching like Raw. Okay. I don't know if you're wrong, okay. I, I just watched Delirious yesterday. It wouldn't fly right now. now. Yeah. Like the amount of like f bombs. Yeah. Don't mean fuck the Eddie. Right. Fag words. Yeah. Mhm. Like so, I'm just like Eddie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, right now this nigga will be eating Eddie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what? To go back, I also am conscious of things that would. Mm-hmm. You know, spark some controversy. I'm not just going to be ignorant to it. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like play it smart. Just don't fuck yourself up. You know, stay true to yourself, but don't don't dig a deep hole for yourself. So yeah, you know. And when you think about comedy, like back in the day and stuff, like like political correctness mm-hmm. was different. A lot of people didn't yeah. understand the offense to certain words. Right. So when you hear yeah. like. The F bomb. Yeah. And that type of stuff. They didn't understand that because you first started pe- seeing people on TV mm-hmm. like that, you know, mm-hmm. like they just started adopting to, you know, like accepting certain groups. Yeah. So times change. Yeah. But also a lot of those comedians change with time. Absolutely. Too, because they're understand as mm-hmm. their understanding grew. Sometimes you got people who are just explicitly vulgar mm-hmm. that is not even funny. But a lot of times you think about the context of comedians and what they're saying. A lot of times it's, they talk about everybody anyway. Yeah. Unless you got somebody up there who's like wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Oh, a lot. Mm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times yeah. the comedian isn't, You. they're not, you know, they don't have any prejudice. They're just making yeah, jokes. They're just making jokes. And everybody should be able to laugh at themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless, like, as long as you can keep shows, you're not gonna fall off. Yeah. I would hear people like such and such fell off. I'm like, bro, as long as this person has shows, they're doing. You ain't falling off. Like Like Monique, they were saying all that Mm -hmm. shit, trying to say that she ain't doing shit. Mm -hmm. It's like she's still booked. She's booked and busy. People believe that. Believe that. And if you think she ain't getting paid for these interviews, you a fool. You a fool. She didn't surpass what Netflix would have offered her. Seriously, mm-hmm. it is. Everything is. Yeah, Listen, baby. Okay. Hello. I was watching, we were watching a roast of Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. He was watching a roast of Richard Pryor, and I was Where? sitting on that shit. Oh, no, it was on YouTube. It was, like, mm. it was right after his show had finally went off. Mm-hmm. And it was all these people, like, just, like, going in. Like, it was just some shit. I was just like, yo, like, there's no way mm-hmm. that this shit would fly this like, day. Like, it was just some shit like, <laughs> white people were saying, like, some shit what niggas were saying. Mm. Like, I was just like, yo, these niggas is going <laughs> like, It was mad, like, underage jokes and shit. Like, oh, like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. But times have changed. Mm-hmm. So, Period. But as a mm-hmm. as a comedian, and I yeah. see people who are like buying comedians, mm-hmm. Instagram comedians. Does that make you feel the type of way, or you just avoid it because it's not in your lane? Um, I avoid it. It's not my lane. Mm-hmm. It's not what I'm worried about. They do them. It works for them. 
And stand up works for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm good at stand up. It's a different beast. Um, I'm not with the whole creating a Vine or an Instagram video. Um, I believe in content, of course, but that's not the type of comedian I am. I'm a stand up comedian, so that's my lane. I worry about that. I let them do them. For sure. And mm-hmm. as a stand up comedian, being a, a black woman, what have you noticed that is like different in your treatment of maybe like your male colleagues? Um, people definitely doubt me before I even open my mouth. Um, or they assume that I'm going to talk about one topic, which is usually dick. And I don't. People are very surprised at the different um, things that I talk about in a way how I can just go from one angle to the next, one extreme to the next. And they're like, wow. Um, and then, of course, being a woman, being young, being black, um, they don't think you have it. And then literally once I'm off stage, people are like, wow. So... Yeah, people assume so much about me before I even open my mouth, like, so much. But it's okay. It doesn't affect me. Um, I use that as fuel to keep going Um, because, you know, those people are going to think what they want to think. I don't care. I'm going to do me regardless, so. I feel that. I want to get back to you with a couple more questions. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you for a moment about poetry. And so now that we live in a world where your voice can be heard all the time and everyone, you know, their words can be displayed. Like, do you find it harder to, like, be a poet? Like, at this moment? (coughs) Um, to be honest with you, I don't find it harder or easier. Like, I found, I've had to find creative ways to get things heard um, with my podcast, for one, with my show, Power of Words, where I have different poets. The only thing that makes it hard for me, though, is people want to see you. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not a visual artist, you know, like I've never when I was imagining being an author as a kid and being into poetry, I never mm-hmm. thought about photo shoots and creating videos and, you know, making appearances yeah. and always worrying about how I look like I like jeans and T-shirts. Okay. But, you know, like I like wearing protest tees at parties. Everyone's wearing dresses mm-hmm. like that's just who I am. So sometimes like if I'm going to be shiny to hippie that day, I have to worry about like how I'm looking. I have to have pictures on my website. I have to have pictures on my Instagram. I have to keep up with visuals. So that's what's made it more hard for me. Like the writing's never changed. I feel like, especially the way the world is going and my life is going, I have more to write about. And I have different ways to experiment with it. Like I can make a funny poem. I can make a sad poem. And I get inspired from a lot of different kinds of things too, besides just poetry, because I... I'm now understanding art because there's not that many degrees of separation between things anymore. Mm. So for me, when it comes to writing, it's flowing a lot better. But that visual shit, like when like my friends sit down with me, like, bitch, it's time for new pictures. I'd be like, bro, are you kidding me? Like, I'm a writer. But if I want to have this brand and everything, I have to deliver in those ways. It's crazy because for people, if they don't see it, it isn't happening. Yeah. Yep. That's going to be, like, very, like, yep. frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be, like, on, like, streaming or live mm-hmm. or on Snapchat all the time. They're like, you're not doing it. Are yeah. You, yeah. Are you still doing it? Yeah. Like, Yo, are you still going to work every day? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Period. <laughs> like, that's, that's the that's Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's frustrating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, what's been, like, a frustrating moment for you? Like, what's been the time when you're, like... 
Man, what the fuck? Like, you had your man, what the fuck moment. My first photo shoot, it was for my book, and all my friends suggested, they were like, you know, you're a writer, but, you know, you're cute. Like, take some pictures. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I was not down with it at all. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm about to get a graphic artist, blah, blah, blah. But the girl who helped me do the PR with my book was like, no, we need some face shots for your bio. You need a headshot. I'm working on your website. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And I was, I literally, I was shaking in my boots, like, at the photo shoot. Like, I was, it was terrible. Like, I was probably really difficult to work with because I didn't know how to pose. I didn't know where to look or anything because never in my head did it occur to me that being a writer, I would have to do something like that. But in 2016, it was, you had to. You know, everybody wants to see you. Everybody wants to feel like they know what's going on and you have to find a way to be transparent but private and everything Mm -hmm. too. So it was a big discovering thing for me and... I had to get over it. Like, now I'm a, I'm a little bit more comfortable in front of the camera. Like, I can do it and stuff. But that's still a learning process for me. And I'm directing my first video for hey. my poetry EP that's coming out in June. And I'm really excited about it because now I'm challenging myself with visuals. Because if I got to do this shit, I want it to be just as good as my poetry now. Absolutely. So it's a it's definitely a journey, and I'm in that experience right now. But I'm confident that I'll master it, and it'll be just as amazing as my poems. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe. Yes, you me too. You. Yes, she's so passionate. Thank y'all. So passionate. You guys ever got like feedback from someone that you just like it just rubbed you the wrong way? Like you had a real eye roll, like an eye twitch. D-Lo. Listen, <laughs> like two weeks ago, this actually happened to me. Um, I was at a comedy show here, and um, I walked up to one of the comedians afterwards. I was with my friends at the time, and um, we were just talking. And I know him. You know, I've performed with him a few times. We've been on the same shows. Um, he's offered me advice. Woo-woo. So I said, hey, when y'all going to throw some women on the show? Because it was all a male show. But, you know, I'm just talking my shit, you know. He says, when well, we actually find some funny ones here. So, of course, that rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, dang, really going to say that? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I perform here. Just reminding him, you know, that I do comedy. And he's like, oh, really? I don't see you anywhere. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> At this point, you fucking with me. So, you know, I'm... At this, you know, I'm I'm trying not to spaz because that that crazy side of me is like trying to creep out, and so I'm telling him, you know, what I do and what I've been doing, and I guess that just wasn't impressive to him. And so some more words were exchanged, and he goes, well, "You got a chip on your shoulder." At that point, I had to walk away. You know, as a man and you saying you've been doing comedy here for 16 years, why wasn't this a teachable moment for you? Why didn't you say, well, you know what? I got some advice for you or whoop, whoop, whoop. But instead, you took this as a moment to belittle me, to tell me I have a chip on my shoulder, to go to war with me when you know you've been in this game almost 20 years versus me barely three years. You should be trying to act as a mentor to me. I don't have anyone here as a mentor. You know, I don't look for anyone to be a mentor here because they all react like that. So um, that I took that moment and I savored it. 
you know what I'm saying? I'm never going to forget that moment. And it's not like I'm going to do anything out of spite or anything. But just know I'll never forget that. And I'm going to take that and use that as fuel and continue to shit and sell out shows the way I do. Like a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. What a time. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, like, a lot of times I don't feel like I'm accepted or, like, put in the poetry community as much, you know, like, I, there's a lot of people that fuck with me and a lot of people I fuck with. But there's been a lot of times where, because I've literally been called, like, a poetry pop star. And it's just kind of like, you know, I'm taking my stuff in a certain direction. And I'm one of those people, like, we don't even have to be similar at all. I admire you. Like, sometimes I'll hear a poem and I wish I wrote it. But I don't get that same respect from certain people because of whatever they're dealing with. Because it doesn't have anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. Because we don't even see each other often. So Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with me. But because I did something maybe that they couldn't imagine or maybe they doubted Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Some people just don't fuck with me. But also at the same time, it's fine because... One day you're going to want to, and I'll probably have open arms, sis. Mm-hmm. Because just where I am in my head, I, we all can get this. We can get this money, and we can get our makeup done. <laughs> it's all possible. Okay. As long as we work together, and we yes. Like anything that we organize and collaborate on is like it's able to be achieved. That yes. Takes some time and some energy. And it takes a little love, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love what you do, yep. you can remain consistent. Mm-hmm. Improving and raising the bar at what you do. Hell because yeah. Because as you remain consistent, you start noticing things. You start noticing mm-hmm. inconsistencies. And then you start to make changes based on those inconsistencies. And they become part of your daily routine. Like Then you're like, okay, I won't do this anymore because I know that this affects my act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like that's really dope. And if you guys are like... We're about to wrap it up today, but I just wanted to thank you guys so much. Oh, I had fun. Like, Y'all had so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm over here just told myself I ain't hiding. I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> Look at your sister face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, well, everyone, this is D Lo Brown, the baddest to ever do it, Detroit's favorite princess of comedy. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keep It On the D Lo D E L O. That's Keep It On the D Lo. All right, and I'm Shawnee the Hippie. You can follow me on Instagram at the Hippie because I had an Instagram way, way back in the day, <laughs> so I secured that name. Hey. Uh, Shawnee the Hippie, T-H-A, because some hating ass bitch has oh my, my actual <laughs> handle, and it's got like one of them little eggs and shit. So one day I'll find out who that is. And on May 15th, I'm performing at St. Andrews, so the link uh, for the tickets is in both my bios. Hey. So come out and see me. I'm really excited. It's like my biggest show ever. Like, it's fucking St. Andrews. Congratulations. Thank you. You're I never welcome. imagined that You're I'd be very like, welcome. I'll be at fucking doing poetry at St. Andrews. Beautiful. Like, I'm so happy. And thank you guys like, mm-hmm. for even saying that. So I'm, I'm just so happy. Hey. Absolutely. I hope I don't have to tell nobody I shoot that bitch up for them to listen. Alrighty then. <laughs> I'll dismiss myself. Thank you all so much for coming through. I really appreciate it. I'm having so much fun. And if you listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, these niggas on some nut shit. Yeah. But if you listen to this podcast and say, they just dropped some gems. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Big facts. So let us know. We love you. We looking out for you. We got your bees. You know it's your man's match, Matt. Peace.
Bye. <laughs>